Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast brought to you guys by the Pulse Podcasting Network and me, your host, Matt Bruning. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. We also have some exciting news for you guys today as Tix Blitz is the official ticket provider for the Pulse Podcasting Network. Guys, this site is awesome. Check it out. Have you been searching for the best ticket deals around? Well, look no further. With TixFlix, the price you see is the price you pay. And TixFlix just happens to have over $6 billion in ticket inventory just waiting for you. They absolutely mean it when they say every ticket, every venue, everywhere. And you can save even more with promo code PULSE in all caps to save you 5% off your total purchase. Just go to TixFlix.com and click the search bar. Search events based on your geographic location. Pick the show you want, and bam, it's showtime. Sporting events, Broadway shows, concerts, and more with TickFlix.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the email newsletter so you can stay up to date on the latest news and savings with TickFlix. That's TickFlix.com. T-I-X-D-L-I-T-Z.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Guys, this site has been awesome. I've been using it already, looking at different stuff for the tickets. They come extremely cheap using this site. There's no booking fees or anything, just like they talked about on there. So if you go find a ticket on there for, say, 40 bucks when you go to checkout, guess what? It's still only 40 bucks. It's awesome. And again, if you guys want to use our promo code to get you guys a little bit of uh, percentages off there and obviously help out the podcast as well, it is Pulse, capital P-U-L-S-E. That's right, Pulse, all capital letters. That's the promo code for the network. We would appreciate it. All right, guys, so with all that being said, for today's podcast, me and Dennis are going to do a little bit of talk on some of the uh, the news that's come out over the past couple days. Obviously, usually we do a podcast on uh, Thursdays. We recorded all of this on uh, Friday. We'll likely be up sometime Saturday morning or afternoon, um, and we'll go over, obviously, some of the news that came out Thursdays with the trade, some other stuff uh, based on uh, what teams might be doing with their uh, with their players that they might be 
cutting or letting go in free agency. And then last but not least, we'll be playing a little bit of a game here today. We're going to do a little bit of free agent frenzy. Uh, you guys will get to hear me doing a little bit of uh, my game show host voice. Uh, might not be good or bad. I guess you guys will let me know. Now, but we're going to do a little bit of talking of that as well before we go back into all of our divisional breakdowns on Monday. So, without further ado, let's jump on Dennis. I, well, if that nope, that sounded weird. Let's not jump on Dennis. Let's get Dennis to jump on. Yeah, there we go. And as always, we've got Dennis Bennett with us today. You can follow him on Twitter at culture underscore coach. Again, on Twitter. Dennis, what is going on? You know, it's starting to get cold again up here in Ohio. And so uh, my wife called and one of my son's friends came over and got her car stuck in my front yard. Oh, Apparently my paved driveway wasn't uh, available with only one person there. So I'm not quite sure what happened there, but that'll be fun to deal with when I get home. So oh, I'm sure. other than that, I'm having a fantastic day. God, that sucks, man. I was going to say, it's, I was hoping you guys were going to be having nice weather, man. It's like 74 degrees here. feels like a nice fall afternoon day here in Texas. Uh, I mean, I guess we can't complain too much. What if you guys only had like that one really bad, well, I wouldn't even say bad, horrible week up there. Is it, really, it hadn't really been too bad, has it? Nah, it's just like 27, 28 degrees, but... Kind of windy. Gotcha. Yeah, it's always the wind, man. It's always the wind that gets everybody. But as I introduced into the beginning of the podcast today, we are going to be talking about trades and we are going to go over some free agency stuff. I kind of took a break from the uh, NFC breakdowns. Obviously, we were going to do the NFC East, but we kind of want to talk about some trades and some people reach out to us and we wanted to, to look into free agency with that coming up here pretty quickly. I uh, wanted to touch on a couple guys here in both the core, sorry, all three, the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver positions, the biggest reasons for fantasy, because in all honesty, guys, if, uh, if you guys go look at the tight end free agency group, it is not good. You've got Jared Cook, and that is it. So uh, we didn't really deal with them, not going to touch on them, so I can't imagine those guys are going to make big impacts wherever they go, but we wanted to kind of touch on the big names in all three of the other positions on who, who where we thought they might go. Uh, there's a... Uh, Obviously, multiple teams linked to a lot of these players, uh, so just to give you guys some thoughts on that. So, traits. Got a couple big ones here. Uh, as always, we'll I'll go ahead and give all the information I can about the trades, and then we will throw it to you, Dennis, get uh, the Dynasty Trade Calculator, and then uh, your opinion on it, and then I will give you guys mine. So, let's start off with a 10-teamer that was sent to you. It is Melvin Gordon and Jarvis Landry. In a 2019 pick, uh, pick 3.9 for DeAndre Hopkins and a 2019 pick, which is 1.4. It is a PPR, QB, two RBs, two wide receivers, a tight end flex, defense, and kicker. What does the Dynasty trade calculator say, and what do you say about this trade, Dennis? Well, Nuke is the best player in this deal. He's coming in at 58.4 points. And, you know, there's a lot of philosophy that goes into – if I'm going to make a trade, I want to get the best player. You know, right. Sometimes that works. I, I think if you're rebuilding, that's not the way to go. But if you are um, a top half in your league, maybe top three in your league, then you're trying to get the best player. So Nuke comes in at 58.4. Melvin Gordon's the second best player at 48 points with uh, Jarvis Landry at 23 points. So there's a, a pretty solid uh, – Two for one, excuse me, two for one swap there. Uh, if you think Melvin's going to be 
holding up going forward Mm -hmm. and Jarvis isn't going to start to get lost in the Cleveland offense and can maintain his volume, then that's a pretty good, uh, a a pretty good two for one. The rookie pick 18.5 points. So overall, the trade's coming in at 73.1 for the Gordon Landry 3.09 to 76.9 for the 1.04 and DeAndre Hopkins. If I'm making this trade, uh, I, I want Hopkins in the pick. I think that uh, you're going to get a be able to get a, a, a good young player at 1.04, and DeAndre Hopkins is the best player in this deal. I'm not necessarily sold on Melvin Gordon. Um, and I've never really been sold on Jarvis Landry unless it's straight PPR. Uh, in Miami, he would get a ton of volume. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be able to maintain that volume in Cleveland. Yeah, and I, I'm with you lock and step on this one. Uh, I've never been a Melvin Gordon believer. I honestly think even though we all know in fantasy volume is king, I think that is the reason that he has proved uh, to be so good in fantasy because he just gets the ball so much, whether it's running it, catching it. Uh, he gets the ball a lot, which gives him a lot of fantasy points. I don't think he's overly talented, though He a lot of people would say he's kind of proved me wrong on that the past couple of years, but that is what it is. I love Juice. We've had this disagreement before. Um, I think Jarvis Landry is a very good wide receiver. I think if you actually go and look at his stats this year in Cleveland, he had a really good year um, compared to what a lot of people kind of like to say about him in this year. Um, he is a, much like Melvin Gordon. though. He's a volume wide receiver. Uh, he proved that in Miami. Uh, that's kind of where he got, obviously, all of his fantasy points is the volume, the amount of times Ryan Tannehill and everything were targeting him. That doesn't happen in Cleveland. Baker's going to throw it to the open guy, so it seemed like he kind of dipped a little bit. Still had a very good year. But Nuke is by far the best player in this deal, and you're getting the best pick in the deal as well. It's a no-brainer for me. you got to take Nuke Hopkins. He's, as we've talked about multiple times in this podcast, easily going to be, in, and both of, I believe in both of our opinions, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the 1.1 at wide receiver in dynasty startups or in redraft leagues next year. I think the only other person that argument is Devontae Adams, but I would take Nuke over him. Uh, so for, yeah, for me, it's a no-brainer. Give me Nuke, give me the 1.4, and I will go about my day. I concur. This next trade um, actually wasn't something that was sent to me. I really just wanted to get your opinion on it. I actually think you might be in this league that it went down. Um, I was, I've was i been torn on this thing back and forth since it happened, but I'd love to get your thoughts on it, and we'll talk about what the Dynasty Trade Calculator said about it as well. So Team A gives up Juju Smith-Schuster, Devonta Freeman, and Odell Beckham Jr., and they give they get back from Team B uh, – Quincy Inunua, Antonio Callaway, Saquon Barkley, and the 1-1. What does DTT, my goodness, I always mess that up, man. That just drives me crazy. It's like I can't say DTC quickly. What does DTC say? What do you say, Dennis? Well, the calculator has it a a pretty close trade. Uh, Barkley is the the crown jewel of this trade at 79.3 points. He's got a lot of value. He's, uh, I think he's the one, the 1.01 dynasty asset. Yeah. And, and his, his score reflects that. Uh, OBJ comes in at 55.6 and Juju at 50.1 with the rookie pick, uh, 1.01 at 24.0 points. You know, the pick could go a little bit higher, uh, once it becomes an actual person. Right. Uh, Devontae Freeman on the other side there at 14.4. No, Anun was a throw-in. He could develop some chemistry with Darnold. It'll be, uh, you know, maybe he becomes the new Jarvis Landry there uh, now that Adam Gase is in New York. Mm-hmm. 
I'm a big Antonio Callaway fan. He was a guy I was nabbing every chance I could last year to get him on as many teams as, as I uh, could have him on. Uh, and I think he's going to be the downfall in this previous, the previous trade to Jarvis Landry is going to be Antonio Callaway. So the trade came in at Schuster, Freeman, and Beckham at 120.2, Inunua Callaway, Barkley, and the 1.01 at 114 points even. Uh, for me, I'm not a big fan of Freeman. Um, I'm going to try to avoid him. And so that makes the, that, uh, the other side essentially free, uh, Schuster and Beckham. Mm-hmm. Barkley being the number one, and then you have another number one coming in to take whichever receiver of choice that you want out of this draft. Uh, I'm big on Antonio Callaway, so losing uh, two wide receivers. I, I suppose not knowing the team makeup of the side that's given Schuster and Beckham, yeah. that makes that that's two top 12 wide receivers that you're giving away. You're going to need to have some good wide receiver depth. So in a vacuum, and uh, there's nothing's ever really in a vacuum, but in a vacuum, I'm going to take the Barkley side. Yeah, see, I, I agree with you. I wasn't sure which way you were going to go. That's why I wanted to talk about this. And you are in the league. Of, it was the final destination league that we were both in. I believe this is the one that this went down on. And um, Okay. Yeah, I just I didn't understand it at the time. I, I remember when it came out, and a lot of people were talking about, oh, that's such a good trade and everything. I think the Barkley side won this by a landslide. Um, I'm really surprised that it was in favor of the Odell Juju side. I think a lot of that is obviously uh, Juju stock rising so much here in the past year and a half or so. Um, but I just think Barkley, I mean, I, and maybe it's maybe it's another reason how much we both value Antonio Callaway. I think Antonio Callaway is on his way to being a rock star. Um, he really showed in the second half of the season that he had improved on uh, the drops that he was struggling with in the first half of the season. Baker really looked to be moving toward him and going toward him more often, especially deep. And if he can continue, now that we have that, it seems like continuality with the offense for once in the Browns' history. Um, with the new, obviously, Freddie Kitchen, who is the head coach, but he's also still going to be calling plays. You bring in Tom Munkin, who looks like he's going to be really good. He's shown to be a really good offensive coordinator. They're going to be designing up plays as well. Um, I agree with you on Quincy Noonwell. I think he's been the best wide receiver there the past couple of years. Obviously, dealt with a neck injury two years ago. Seemed to be struggling with injuries a little bit this year now, but... Maybe it was Jarvis. Maybe we just Gase really likes to make the slot wide receivers prominent. We saw that when uh, even when Wes Welker came over into Denver and he had Peyton Manning and Wes Welker there. I mean, yeah, I understand it's Wes Welker, but still, everywhere Adam Gase has gone, he's made the slot wide receiver relevant, and that's where Quincy Noon was likely going to be most of the time. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. Add in the fact that you're getting Saquon Barkley and then the one one. I love Odell. Don't get me wrong. I I think. I mean, you would ask me. I would try and argue with you the fact that Odell should be the 1.1, uh, the best player in this deal. And that's as much as I love Barkley as well. But yeah, I, th- I thought it was a home run, just complete winner on the Saquon Barkley side. I was really surprised a lot of people were uh, were um, kind of giving this like a very fair deal. I thought the guy who got Barkley ran away with this deal. The last deal we have here um, was from uh, James... Oh uh, my! I'm gonna butcher your last name, buddy, and I apologize. Sudfeld, maybe? Uh, I don't. I'm sorry, man. You can hit me up on Twitter if I spelled that wrong and or said that wrong. I don't. S U I D F I E L D Sudfield, maybe? I, I apologize, man. I'm horrible with names, but uh, 
He sent this to me into the uh, Yahoo email for the show, fantasyroundtable at yahoo.com. Uh, Eric Ebron and Derek Henry for Cortland Sutton in a 2022nd 12-team half-point PPR. What does the DTC say, and what do you say, Dennis? Well, the calculator puts it at uh, Sutton at 25.2, so being that it's a dynasty trade calculator, it uh, is taking a lot of it's it's putting a lot of weight on the fact that Sutton is uh, the de facto number one going into his second year. Right. The next highest player is Derrick Henry at 16.6 and Ebron at 9.5. The second round pick in 2020, we don't really know where it's at, so I just kind of calculated it as a mid second round pick. Okay. Uh, if it's higher, it could make make the value go up a little bit. If it's lower, down a little bit. But I put it at a mid-second round pick, so it's only four points. So the Ebron and Henry side comes in at 26.2, and the Sutton and the pick side at 29.2. So there's only a three-point difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not a terribly big difference. For me, I'm taking Sutton and the pick uh, in part because the other side has two players that I just don't like. I, I think Ebron had himself an outlier year. Uh, this is speaking from a kid who drew, grew up as a Detroit Lions fan <laughs> uh, and watched him put in four pitiful years in Detroit. Uh, I, I think Derrick Henry, maybe he's going to come on. Maybe they, they figured out in you know week 11 last year how to finally use him. But his running style, the amount of time it takes him to get up speed, doesn't have much wiggle. You know, if he gets a big hole and gets through it, he's got the speed to run away. Uh, but, but I'm just not, I'm not a Henry fan. Sutton was my number one rated wide receiver in last year's rookie draft. Even though the season has gone and other people have popped up. If I'm redrafting last year, Sutton is still my number one dynasty wide receiver from last year's class. And so I'm going to take that side. I'm going to give the three points, or take the three points, take Sutton and the pick. That That's the side I want. Man, I was hoping we disagree on one of these here. I'm with you. I'm, I'm 100% with you. Uh, I love Ebron. We we've had this uh, discussion before, um, actually on the Back Row Fantasy Show. You you uh, we I don't know if you remember all the way back to this, but you wanted uh you talked about Jack Doyle being better than Eric Ebron. I took Eric Ebron. That's it's, it's not ringing a bell at all. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. Now I'll give you this. I think if Jack Doyle would have stayed healthy, he probably would have been a lot closer to Eric Ebron than obviously ended up that those injuries really kind of killed Doyle. Um, and I, I have to be 100% honest, I did not think Eric Ebron was going to do what he did this year. I mean, it was insane. It's incredible to think um, someone who was just, I don't even want to say used poorly, because he was used in the Detroit Lions offense, just did absolutely nothing in Detroit the entire time he was there, to come over to the to the Indianapolis Colts and come out and all of a sudden ball out and look like a top five tight end was ridiculous. I agree with you. There's no chance that he repeats that. I still think he's going to have a good year next year. Um, I don't imagine that his fall-off is going to be quite as steep. Um, but, again, that's easy to say when the tight end position is kind of trash, fantasy-wise at least. Uh, and then I just am not a believer in Derrick Henry. I just can't. I, I need to see almost at this point a full year of him doing something before I can believe in him. It's been too long that we've seen. This is the past two years in a row now. We've seen the last four or five weeks he's just gone off. 
and then he goes into the next year and just completely sucks. I mean, he lost his job to Dion Lewis, who couldn't even stay on the field himself, and Derrick Henry was given the ball multiple um being given this kind of starter job when uh, Deion Lewis was getting hurt and sitting on the bench, and then he still couldn't do anything with it. So give me Cortland Sutton. I like his upside. Um, obviously has a new quarterback, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. Uh, I love Cortland Sutton. I don't didn't have him as my number one in the draft last year. I that was DJ Moore for me, uh, but he was, I believe, in my top four. I, I like the skill set that he has. I like what he brings to the team. Um, and I'm a picked guy. I love getting, uh, love getting draft picks because I always think uh, with the – amount of studying and everything I do on rookie drafts and incoming rookies that I feel like I can get a leg up on people with uh, with draft picks. Uh, so as I just touched on right there, we're going to talk about some breaking news here that happened actually yesterday. Uh, since we didn't get a chance to do the podcast yesterday, we will talk about it here. Alright, so the first big news was Joe Flacco going to the Denver Broncos. The Ravens and the Broncos agreed on a trade. Now, it's not the new league year, so it can't be consummated yet, but it has been agreed upon that he will be going to the Denver Broncos. Um, A lot of people obviously talking about this really being a lateral move for Denver. I want to get your thoughts on uh, Denver's side and Baltimore's side on this trade going down, and then I will give you guys my opinion of it. Go ahead, Dennis. I think it's a okay move for Denver. You know, Flacco is clearly beyond his elite years, and uh, he's not that much better than Keenum. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he does have a better arm than Keenum, and so the opportunity to maybe get the ball downfield a little little more will be there. But it's all going to come down to can the offensive line protect him. Uh, And it's the same for Keenum. If if the quarterback's not getting protected there in Denver – Regardless of who the quarterback is, they're going to struggle. Uh, they need to open up some holes for that run game for Lindsey and Freeman. So all in all, I like the move because I just don't think that uh, Elway was probably going to get somebody that could step in and take over. And I think when you have somebody at Keenum's talent level, you, you just need to have somebody there just in case. Somebody there that can do the job as well. So now they've got two veterans, and they're going to – I would expect that Flacco will be the starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he struggles mightily, then they'll go back to Keenum. And uh, eventually here, within the next year or two, they're both going to be back up somewhere, um, you know, holding the clipboard, trying to get in wherever they can. You know, it's a decent, a decent trade. You know, they gave up a fourth-round pick. I think for Baltimore, you know, they've got a quarterback that's going to need some weapons. They uh, cut Willie Sneed today uh, in Baltimore, and uh, Crabtree was a free agent. They could probably use a three-down running back. Uh, I think that Kenneth Dixon probably fits that mold as closely as anybody on their, their team, and, and I don't know that I'm going to give him uh, three-down work. So for Baltimore, I really like the deal to get – uh, Flacco, you're committing to Lamar Jackson, and they need to bring in a backup quarterback that plays the same style as Lamar Jackson. So Baltimore, I give them uh, probably a B plus. Denver, I probably give them a C plus, in part because it is essentially a lateral move. I've seen some stats out there where uh, Keenum over the past couple years has performed slightly better than mm-hmm. Flacco. Pretty good move for one, okay move for the other. 
Yeah. So I agree with you on the Baltimore side. So I'll start there first. Um, when I first heard about it, I thought it was kind of a stupid move on Baltimore's part because I was like, why would you get rid of Joe Flacco with Lamar Jackson, at least still in my opinion, not being ready? I just don't think he's fully ready to run an NFL offense. Uh, we saw it obviously last year with him running the ball. I think it was average up to be 26 times a game. Is just It's not going to sustain and it will not. He will not hold up, at least in my opinion, if he continues to do that for the rest of his career. So I thought trading Joe Flacco this year was a bad move on their part, um, just because I think if if something happens to him, who's going to be your backup quarterback? But then, as what you just pointed out, and other people talked about, you want to bring in a backup quarterback that's going to run the offense the way he does, so you're not running two different offenses. And I was like, man, I, I didn't really think about that. It's actually really smart on their part, especially too. You add in the fact how much money he cost this year, him being the backup quarterback. So they moved him over to Denver. I actually think it's a good move for Denver. I know a lot of people saying that it's a lateral move um, because Case Keenum and him, at least stats-wise, compare favorably to each other over the past couple years. The difference is Flacco's not afraid to throw it deep. Where Case Keenum, we saw, was just he just wouldn't do it. I don't know why. You even had John Elway. Vance Joseph, everybody coming out and criticizing him all last year, saying he needs to take more deep shots. He wouldn't do it. I think Joe Flacco will do that, and I think you could argue with Deshaun Hamilton and, um, goodness gracious, his name just Cortland Sutton. I don't know why. We were just talking about him, and I forgot about him. Cortland Sutton are much better than any of the weapons that Joe Flacco's had the past couple years. I like John Brown, like Michael Crabtree. I think Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton are better than both of them right now in their careers. So I think Flacco going there, again, what you touched on is 100% correct. The offensive line's got to hold up protecting because Flacco's not going anywhere. The one thing I'll give Case Keenum, he's at least a little bit more mobile than Joe Flacco. Um, but they come in, Joe Flacco's got the same amount of money on him. I actually think they'll probably cut Case Keenum or try and trade him because I think they're going to try and take a quarterback in this draft. Um, I know there's been a lot of rumors linking them to Drew Locke. I don't know if they'd really take him at 10 overall. They might. Uh, but I could easily see them taking a, a rookie quarterback this year to just sit and learn the offense, not throw out there. Um, not that I don't know if you can really trust that with with his history right with uh, John Elway's history right now drafting quarterbacks. Uh, but I thought it was a good move overall for them to get Joe Flacco because I think he'll take deeper shots. I actually think it increases Cortland Sutton's value just a little bit uh, compared to having Case Keenum back there. Like I said, with with Case Keenum as his quarterback, I actually had. Um, Cortland Sutton, I thought, might hit a sophomore wall this year and be even worse than he was last year just due to the fact that Case Keenum does not like to take shots down the field. Um, before, there's a couple things uh, we were talking about before we started uh, the podcast uh, that guys have been cutting everything that I'll let you talk about here in just a minute. There's one more thing that I wanted to get your opinion on uh, that I saw come across the news yesterday and that the New York Jets are going to what looks like completely get away from the running backs they're using. Now they're going to cut Isaiah Crowell. Obviously, Bilal Powell is a free agent. Um, I know you are an Elijah McGuire truther. Uh, I don't quite believe in him as much as you do, but I do like Elijah McGuire a lot. I don't think that he can hold up and be the full three-down back. I think he's much better in possibly a split backfield. We saw him obviously do very good, though, at the end of last year when he was given a chance to set up, uh, step up and be the starter. He won people fantasy championships, putting up 20-plus points in the fantasy playoffs last year. Uh, so your thoughts on the New York Jets backfield, obviously getting rid of Crowell, Bilal Powell being a free agent, and either Elijah McGuire possibly being the guy, or maybe somebody gets brought in. I would love to see McGuire get a shot. Uh, I don't know that if he, he really is. Uh, I think sometimes when 
you have a high profile player like Love Bell out there, it's easy for somebody to fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not sure. Let's see what what's the Jets' uh, cap space situation. They have the second most cap space yeah. in the league. So uh, if somebody wanted to bring in a high priced guy, they would be one of the teams that could. Uh, I like McGuire. He was a, a good three down back in college. He's got decent size. I think he's 5'11, 215, 218. Uh, I, so I'd like to see the, the Jets give him the ball and give him an opportunity to see what he could do, much like the Colts are looking, look like they started to do with Marlon Mack last year. I think the two of them are kind of similar. I don't know if uh, McGuire is quite as explosive as Mack is. But he, he's a he's a good back, I think. That's uh, if he can stay healthy, maybe he gets a gets a shot this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Crowell showed some explosiveness, but he's just so inconsistent. You know, he'll resurface somewhere. Who knows where? Powell, I think Powell is kind of coming to the end of the road. Myself. Yeah, yeah. I know. I I was reading a, actually an article on him the other day talking about how that neck injury at the time uh, that it happened, or back injury at the time that it happened. Uh, there was a lot of people thought it might be career ending. So the fact I, I would hope uh, just for him, if he wants to continue playing, obviously you got to take your health into consideration there. But uh, if you want to continue playing and you think that uh, you can, ho- hope that uh, he can get a job somewhere because I always thought he was a very good back. But that's obviously a big blow uh, to someone like that. Um, and like I said, I, I don't disagree with you on Elijah McGuire. I do like him a lot. Uh, he was one of the players who helped take me in a redraft league to a championship game based on what he was doing. I was able to pick him up right before the playoffs. Um, will be interesting to see what happens in free agency with them. And then again, uh, you were talking about some uh, a couple news things that just kind of piqued your interest over the past couple days on players being cut and everything. What do you got? Well, uh, Charles Clay just got cut in Buffalo, and so that's an interesting one. He's 30 years old, a good pass receiver, but he has struggled with some injuries. So tight end needy teams, uh, he's somebody that could step in uh, and start right away, fill a good role. He's a decent blocker. So that would be interesting. I don't know what that means for what Buffalo's plans are. Jason Kroom flashed a little bit last year, and then they've been uh, their third string tight end is the converted quarterback, Logan Thomas. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I, I think Clay is going to be an interesting uh, low rent kind of free agent because I think at 30 years old he's gonna be looking at a one-year deal and so it'll probably be more than the the veteran minimum but it's probably certainly not going to be a blockbuster hey what's going on everybody this is 8-bit ray from the gorilla brain podcast part of the pulse podcast network did you know that you could be using this spot to advertise your company or business Well, I've done the research, and PodcastInsights.com report that podcast listeners are loyal, affluent, and mostly college-educated, but most importantly, are five times more likely to interact with the ad they hear on their favorite podcast than an ad from any other medium. If you would like to advertise your company or brand with our network, it's simple. All you have to do is send an email to marketing at PulsePodcastNetwork.com. I'll say it one more time marketing at pulsepodcastnetwork.com and we hope to hear from you soon all right so now guys it is time to talk about some free agents and i got some bad news for for you dennis and for for everybody who's gonna be listening to this we're gonna we're gonna have a little fun with this we're gonna do a little game show thing and i'm gonna do my best game show voice so if you don't like it 
you're either going to be stabbing your eardrums here for the next 10-15 minutes, or you're really going to enjoy it. We're about to find out. But uh, I haven't really done anything like this before, but I thought, you know what? Why the hell not? Why not give it a shot? Um, you know, I don't really know if I can be good at impersonating people, but I'm going to do my best here. So, here's what we're going to do. Before we get into having all the fun, I'm going to talk about some free agents. We'll talk a couple quarterbacks, running backs, as much deeper than everything else. So there'll be about six running backs and a couple wide receivers as well. I will give you guys some stats on them, just kind of some fun with them real quick about who they are. And then I will give Dennis here four teams, four or five teams, that they have been linked to or have a serious need at the position. And then what I'm going to have Dennis do is give me one or two teams that he likes and why he likes them, and then I'll chime in at the end if I have a different opinion on that or anything else. So, here we go. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is the Free Agent Frenzy. Today, our contestant is Mr. Dennis Bennett from the great state of Ohio. Anytime. All right. So our first our first contestant of the day is a quarterback. He hails from New Orleans, coming in at 6'2", 215, affectionately named Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater. Here or there, do you have him going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Giants, the New Orleans Saints, or the Washington Redskins? Cross out the Saints. I think Teddy, He does. he's already missed a couple seasons with the injury. Uh, playing a backup role to Drew Brees. So I think he wants to go somewhere where he's going to get a chance to be the starter. Uh, that, for me, also rules out the Giants. Eli is going to be there this year. Teddy does not want to sit another year. Bringing us to the Jaguars and the Redskins. Uh, the Jags, I think, are a they're a good fit. They've got a really good running game, and I think they would complement his, his style of play. D.D. Westbrook. Uh, Marquise Lee, a couple decent receivers there. The Redskins, Josh Dotson, Trey Quinn, Maurice Harris, Jordan Reed, Darius Geis. Again, another team that really has uh, a good supporting cast. My wild card in this mix, though, is Miami. Uh, They need a quarterback that can get some stuff done. Uh, I almost wouldn't mind seeing him go to Miami. I'm going to put my money somewhere. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I think I'd like to see him go to the Redskins. Let him get up there. See if he can make Josh Dotson uh, the player that everybody thought he was going to be when he came out. He's got uh, Darius Geis in that solid running game. Jordan Reed has stayed healthier than he has lately, and so it's a good opportunity there. I think that could be a really, really nice fit. And I agree with you. I'd like to see him go to the Redskins as well. I didn't even think about Miami, and I should have put that on there, possibly over the Giants. I do think that's a, a good call by you. That could be a very interesting fit for them, especially if they do. There's been mixed reports here and there on whether or not they're going to move on from Tannehill. So whether they do or don't, I could see him fitting in fairly well there. But I like the Redskins. Uh, they were the reason I, the reason I put them on there is because that's the team I'd like to see him go to. I think they've got a lot better weapons around him, wide receiver, tight end, and running back-wise than what Miami has going on right now. And I like Jake Gruden. I think he runs a fairly good offense for the most part. I think Teddy uh, Teddy could easily come in there and, replic- if not do better, replicate what Kirk Cousins was able to do with him. Moving on to our next contest. Oh my goodness, our next contestant. We've got a Super Bowl MVP winner who will be cursed with the moniker of Philly Philly for the rest of his life. Coming in at 6-6-243, St. Nicholas Foles. Here or there. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Giants, 
the Washington Redskins, the Cincinnati Bengals, or the Miami Dolphins? Dennis? Well, with Foles, this is his one shot to get a big contract as a starter. Because when he goes somewhere and he fails, he's not going to get another one. And I think wherever he goes, he's he's uh, he's he's going to be not elite Joe Flacco is what's going to happen. He's going to get exposed when he has to play more than three games or four games. He's going to get exposed. The Jaguars, same thing as with Bridgewater. They've got a good team. Fournette, Hyde, uh, they'll bring in somebody else. So they've got a pretty good running game. Some young wide receivers. Washington, same thing. Dotson, I think Dotson actually might be a better fit with Bowles than he would be Bridgewater because he can get down the field and, and Bowles has a, a good arm. The Bengals are interesting, uh, but I don't think, I, I don't know that the, the Bengals are ready to move on from Andy Dalton. He's going to be coming back from an injury. I think they're pretty satisfied with Jeff Driscoll. And the Browns are in it to make money, the, the, the Mike Brown that is. Uh, they're in it to make money. They're not in it to necessarily try to win the Super Bowl. So for me, I would like to see Foles go to the Jaguars where everybody seems to think he's going to go, going to fit. For him, he's got that. He's got one shot to sign that deal, to make that money. Might as well go to Jacksonville. Nice weather. Maybe he can bring out the best in Leonard Fournette and uh, get the ball downfield to the playmakers, D.D. Westbrook and Marquise Lee. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. I agree with you. I um, I think it actually could be a really great situation for him. I agree. This is going to be his last chance to make a big uh, make a big deal, get a lot of money to set himself up for life. Not that he probably already isn't set up for life, um, but I think Jacksonville just has weapons around him that I think really could um, he could really thrive with them. We've saw or seen in Philly. Obviously, what he was able to do, John Filippo is now the offensive coordinator there. So he is bringing, while it's not, obviously, Doug Peterson, who was doing some of the play calling and everything. Um, but he's still kind of bringing some of that continuity with him. He'll be down there in Jacksonville. I think that'll help help be able to help call plays that, that are, um, why can't I? I'm not, I'm, I'm just word vomit right now. I cannot think what I wanted to say. I had it all ready to go. Um, he'll be able to play or call plays that work with Nick Foles and show what Nick Foles can do what he did in Philadelphia. They have the weapons on the outside. Leonard Fournette is by far the best back that he's probably ever had with him, at least better than anybody he's had in Philly. Uh, So I like the fit. I think he could do very good in Jacksonville. Alright, moving on to the running backs. The first running back we have here, he made his name in Hotlanta after many years in a rotation. He looks to be his own man. Coming in at 6-1-2-10, here or there for Tevin Coleman. The New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or the Houston Texans. Coleman, frankly, struggled this year getting an opportunity to show what he could do going into his uh, free agent season. He, he had he, he had a pretty poor audition. Uh, he's flashed some. He's a decent pass catcher, got good size. Uh, unfortunately, I think he showed that he's always going to be a number two. So he's going to have to be somewhere where he can be in a 50-50 split. He's a little bit stiff, I think. He's a good runner, good pass catcher, but I think he... He needs to have the whole setup for him so he can he can do that. Uh, the Bills, I think, uh, I think that would make sense for him to go up there. They've got Shady McCoy, who they seem committed to bringing back, keeping him there. And he, uh, 
he would make a nice uh, partner to go up there to Buffalo, to spell Shady, get about 40% of the touches up there, and have a, a another good opportunity to build his brand and play some good football. And maybe if he, maybe after a year uh, up in Buffalo and he shows well, maybe they give him the shot and let Shady go. He'll be 30, 31 next season. So it might be time for Buffalo to move on from him after a year with, with Coleman. Give me Gang Green, the New York Jets. I think that he's going to go to the Jets, and uh, I know a lot of people are linking a lot of other players there due to the uh, the cap the cap money that they have. They, like you just said, I believe is the second most cap in the NFL right now, or cap space in the NFL right now. I think he's going to go there, and I think they're going to either bring in somebody else or they're going to pair him with Elijah McGuire. I think it's a good fit for them. He's a a back who can do it all. He, he's not great at it, but he can do it all. I think will help. Uh, Sam Darnold here a little bit. He's a decent pass blocker as well. So I think going there, he'll be able to help the young quarterback and kind of giving him a, a release valve over off to the side if need be to throw, a, throw dump, dump the ball off a little bit here and there. Uh, I like him going to the Jets. I, I like what you said about the Bills as well. I think he could be a very good one-two punch there with Shady McCoy. I think they've always kind of gotten these big bruising backs in there with Shady McCoy um, in the past. I think if they move to someone more toward Tevin Coleman, that could help the offense out even more uh, as being a true change of pace guy, because I don't think Shady McCoy is really the uh, the the running back that he had been in the past couple years receiving and running ball. I think he needs to be more used as a runner and let someone else come in and, and do the receiving work. Our next contestant, he raps, he balls, he's a fantasy stud for all. He hasn't played since 2016. Mr. Pay That Man His Money, coming in at 6-1-2-25, Le'Veon Bell. You here or there, San Francisco 49ers, the Oakland Raiders, the Indianapolis Colts, the New York Jets, or just decided this now, throw it in, the Houston Texans. I think that uh, Bell sitting out last year did more damage to his brand than... Uh, he wants to admit when he had John Con- James Conner and uh, Jalen Samuels come in and perform as well as they did. It has a lot of people that I think were willing to, to write a fat check to him going, well, was it the system? It, it, did the system really make him as good as, uh, as he was? So he's a really good pass catcher. Uh, he's a good runner. He is patient. All of the things you hear about him are true, but... Was it the system in Pittsburgh that added, you know, 10, 15, 25 yards a game to his average, you know, maybe added 0.2, 0.3 to his YPC? Uh, I guess we're, we're not going to know until next year. But uh, of these teams, gosh, I hope it's not Indy because I love Marlon Mack. So I'm hoping, <laughs> I, I am so hoping it's not Indy. Uh, the Jets. I don't think it would be good for Sam Darnold to bring in Le'Veon Bell. Not because I don't think he'd play okay, but I just don't think that he would be the type of presence you want in the locker room when you have a second-year quarterback that you need to be the leader of your team. I think that's going to create some issues that you just don't want. As much as you want, might want to think, well, he's coming off sitting out the whole season. He's going to be on his best behavior. My grandma used to say, a leopard don't change its spots. He's going to be what he is, and he's going to be looking to get as much as he can, and it's uh, it's the Le'Veon Bell show. So that kind of leaves Oakland and the 49ers. 
I don't think the 49ers are going to do it. I think they, they really like the tri- trio of backs that they have in McKinnon and Breda and Jeffrey Wilson. I really think they like them. I think they're going to spend some more money on wide receivers. They're going to bolster the their offensive line and their defense. And so I don't think that uh, – I just don't think Kyle Shanahan wants to deal with that kind of BS either, which means that circus in Oakland is going to be home for Le'Veon Bell. John Gruden is going to look at him. He's going to check that birth certificate and say, well, you're not quite 30, but you're getting close. So let's bring you on in here. You can uh, be the guy for us. I think Gruden has watched so many games uh, up in the booth with Le'Veon Bell. I don't think there's any way that he can say no. Well, on the birth certificate part, I would say almost that would be a – even if he was over 30, he seemed to be bringing in all the aging running backs and wide receivers the past couple of years anyways. Uh, for me, it's going to be the Houston Texans. I, I just – that, that's my one team I think is going to make a big move here at some point. I think – they're going to, I hope, in all honesty, they, they may not do it, but I hope they do it because if they can put him there in the running back position, and then you got Kiki Kuti in the slot, Will Fuller when he's healthy, and DeAndre Hopkins, I think that is going to be huge for that Houston Texans offense. I think it's the one thing they need to get over the hump. I know they obviously have all kinds of offensive line issues, but I think they'll be able to address those in the draft. Um, and I do think that that'll give Watson a. a a dump-off target that will obviously be able to do all kinds of things with the ball once he gets it. Deshaun Watson doesn't have to run around and try and make a play happen. He, you know what? I got Le'Veon Bell sitting here right here in the flat. I'm just going to dump it off to him and let him do work. Um, I don't disagree with the fact that he probably lost a lot of money sitting out, and obviously everybody's seeing what James Conner was able to do in that Pittsburgh Steelers offense. However, I will say we saw James Conner really start struggling there in the back half of the season, uh, and I think that that proved um, to everybody exactly what Le'Veon Bell is. He's just a different cat. Um, I love James Conner. Everything that he's done, he deserves the best uh, for everything that he's been through in his life. But I, I can't say um, with what he did in Pittsburgh for the first half of the season, uh, for me, just I think it proves what happened after the fact that second half of the season is how on how good that Le'Veon Bell is. Our next contestant hails from Alabama, which means he's pretty much sucked in the NFL. He can catch the ball and sit on the bench hurt quite often, coming in at 6'1-2-23. No, it's not Mark Ingram, it's TJ Yeldon. Here or there, the Oakland Raiders, the Houston Texans, the Buffalo Bills, or the New York Jets. Yeldon is an interesting case because he is big. You would expect him to be a more forceful runner, but he's a finesse back. He's a pass catching back, good blocking back. Uh, we'll get we'll get a few yards on the ground uh, if everything's blocked right. So I think for Yeldon, you know, Houston is probably the fit for me there. He can go in. He's not going to break the bank. He can support Lamar Miller. There's questions about whether or not. Dante Foreman, Dante Foreman is going to come back from that Achilles. Will he have that explosiveness that you need to play running back? I, I think Yeldon goes in. He's essentially a bigger version of Lamar Miller. And to go in there and be able to to spell Miller, to support that role, uh, maybe, maybe he becomes a better runner over time. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I think you are what you are at this point. So I, I would I would like to see Yeldon go down to Houston and be the forty to Miller sixty, uh, and let if Foreman comes on, so be it. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. This is the guy I had going to the Bills for everything that you mentioned with Tevin Coleman. 
I mean, that I kind of reiterated with him. I think that him going up there and being the, you know, being able to split carries or maybe even getting like a 40-60 split there with LaShawn McCoy could do wonders for him. Doesn't have to be a long-term deal, but I think him going up there in Buffalo could help out Josh Allen, help out this offense. I think that he could show us, again, what he not necessarily was in college, because I do agree with you. I don't think that he's ever going to be quite the runner he was in college, but he is a great receiving back. Uh, he's, he's excelled at that. He just kind of felt like got away from that in Jacksonville. They wanted him. Um, especially when Leonard Fournette was out to just run the ball up the gut and do stuff that he's just not capable of doing. I think if he's able to get into an offense where he's able to just focus on being the receiving back, he can remind us just how good he is. He was the thunder to somebody's lightning. At times, his head coach hated him. He's the only good running back to come out of Alabama. This is Mark Ingram coming in at 5'9", 215. Here or there. New Orleans Saints, the Oakland Raiders, the Baltimore Ravens, or the Indianapolis Colts. I would love to see Ingram go someplace where he doesn't get Adam Gased, which is kind of what Sean Payton, Sean Payton is almost, they, I don't know why they would just never committed to Ingram. Uh, he is the good Alabama back. You are absolutely correct. So for me, I, I don't think he's going back to the Saints. I think he's going to say all the right things, but I think he's going to go somewhere where he can get a little bigger piece of the load. Oakland would be a great fit. I think that he could go to Oakland and probably get uh, more carries than he's ever had. I don't know that Baltimore is the place. Uh, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out their offense and, and how the running backs fit there. You know, Do they need somebody that's a Gus Edwards type? He would be the best three-down back they have if he goes there. Again, don't, please don't go to Indianapolis. Just please don't go to Indianapolis. I, I want to see Marlon Mack. My spot I would love to see Ingram go is I want to see him go to Tampa. I think that he, he has that three-down capability. He could step in and he could be uh, – he's got a couple years that he could really do a nice – David Johnson imitation down there in Tampa with Bruce Arians, uh, and then right off into the sunset. Don't do it. I need my Rojo shares to work out, man. I'm, I'm big on Rojo. I need him. I need him to come through for me. Uh, for me, I've been torn on this one between uh, the Saints and Baltimore. Actually, I think that he could go to Baltimore and be the guy. I think that's the one thing that Baltimore has really struggled with. Uh, since really losing Jamal Lucas, they just have not had a, a running back that has been awesome for them. I think that's exactly what they need. Uh, obviously, I know Mark Ingram's getting up there in age a little bit, but I would imagine they're not going to keep Alex Collins. Uh, Kenneth Dixon, I believe, is either a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent. I think you could put him and Gus Edwards in the backfield there and just do all kinds of damage. Uh, that would be the one spot that I think he could go and thrive. Our next contestant has been sunbathing in Miami and eating cheesesteaks in Philly. Yet everywhere he goes, his knees fail him. Coming in at six foot two twenty-three, Jay Ajay. Here or there, the Oakland Raiders, the New York Jets, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or the Houston Texans. Jay Ajay is quite an enigma. He's he's one of the most powerful runners uh, I think I've ever seen. He he just can get it done but man those knees are just a hot mess and so he's gonna always struggle with health that way i think he would be a fantastic fit in new york he could be the the uh 
Thunder to Maguire's Lightning. He can play that 30%, 35% role, take some of that early down work, let Maguire uh, play in space a little bit more, and he's going to be affordable. I know the Jets have a ton of cap base, but just because you have money doesn't mean you need to spend it. And so bringing in Ajayi to, to the Jets, I think that's a really good fit. I agree with you. I had him I think that um, much like you talked about earlier, um, I, just, I think this is someone that, that uh, my goodness, I already forgot his name. This is ridiculous, guys. John Gruden. I just think this is someone that John Gruden thinks will be – he'll be able to turn around, make it work and everything. And the fact that he employs at least last year up to three to four running backs at a time, I think that could be the perfect fit for JHI to try and keep those knees healthy. Go there. You know, you don't have to get used as the first second down back all the time. They'll rest him a little bit here and there. Let Jalen Rashard, DeAndre Washington come out and get some run. Um, I like him as a fit there. I personally am not big on JHI, as you know. Uh, but I do think that that might be a good fit for him. Although I would not rule out the New York Jets that like you were talking about. That might be a very good fit for him having a having a young guy like Elijah McGuire being the guy who can kind of carry the load and maybe having him be uh, more of like that like Garrett Blunt role. Come in, get you those tough yards you need. Be that red zone back to kind of come in and run some guys over. He still has the body of an Adonis. He plays like he's a 29-ish. Coming in at 6'1", 20, Adrian Peterson. Houston Texans. The Minnesota Vikings, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or the Washington Redskins? I just don't know that any of them are a good fit for Peterson. Because I just don't know that he's ready to be a compliment to anybody. He wants to go somewhere where he can play. You saw how bad it was in New Orleans when he went there. He got mad because he wanted the ball. And he finally ended up in Washington where they had a need or a starter, I think that Peterson is going to, he's going to sit on the sidelines until there's an injury and he needs somebody to step in and get him 3.8 yards of carry for the next 10 games. Houston, Minnesota, Tampa, and Washington, I suppose I could see Washington bringing him back, but I, I think he's good. I think he's going to not get signed until there's a, an in-season injury. I definitely don't think he's going to go back to Minnesota. They've got a guy. He's good. And I don't think Peterson can handle that. It's going to come down to what uh, what he if if he's willing to take a uh, I want to say a step back, but willing to take a, a bench spot necessarily, kind of be that guy who come in and spell a running back and everything. My hope, in all honesty, for him is that he'll go back to Minnesota. I think that he could be, uh, if not the same as Latavius Murray, maybe even a little bit better than Latavius Murray uh, going forward. Help Dalvin Cook out, spell him, kind of be a mentor of him. Obviously, his most of his career and what he'll be remembered for was what what he did in Minnesota. I'd love to see him go back there. I could see him going back to Washington as well, just based on, although we've heard some reports that Darius guys is running well and, and on the uh, uh, up and up and coming, and he'll he'll be fine by the start of the season. Uh, but there was a lot of talks, obviously, before the season even ended, that he had to have go back and have multiple cleanup surgeries and everything. There was infection in there, um, so I could see them possibly bringing him back because they know what they have in him until Darius guys is. Moving on to the wide receiver position. He's tall. He's kind of handsome. He's not the good Williams brother. He's the other Williams brother. Coming in at 6'4", 205, Tyrell Williams. 
here or there. The Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets, the Oakland Raiders, or the Cleveland Browns. Man, I, I like Tyrell Williams. I think he he's big, he's fast, and I'd like to see him get a shot somewhere where he can be a number one. Oakland probably, o- Oakland or the Jets make the most sense, I think, from that perspective. I think uh, in, in Buffalo, you know, New York, I guess the Jets, they have some weather issues as well. But I, getting him a quarterback that can get him the ball, you know, as I say that out loud, I'm going to sit here and retract all of that, and I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills. The receivers they have there now aren't terribly big. Zay Jones is, is good. I think he's going to have a good career. Robert Foster, he came on, but I don't know if he can maintain that consistency. Uh, he had some health issues at Alabama. Bring in Tyrell Williams and put him on the outside there. Now you've got that big receiver down the field. So when Josh Allen has to just chuck it up there 75 yards, you've got a guy down there that's going to go up and be able to get it. That might be a match made in heaven. Well, for me, I think he's going to sit there most mornings and listen to his quarterback talk about how he woke up feeling dangerous. I think he's going to go to the Cleveland Browns. I think that John Dorsey is going to try and get a wide receiver in free agency and not worry about getting any in the draft. A lot of people feel that is their biggest need. I honestly don't think it's their biggest need, but I do think it's up there. Um, I think that he's going to use the draft and all the capital that they have to attack this defense and make it a championship winning defense because the offense is almost there. I think Tyrell Williams gives them that vertical big threat on the outside that they currently don't have. And I love Antonio Callaway, but he doesn't have the size that Tyrell Williams has. I do think that he could be a great uh, playmaker and threat with Baker Mayfield back there at quarterback. Next up, we have another wide receiver. He's big, he's slow, he's like a tight end, except, well, he can't catch the ball. He's more like a blocking tight end. Coming in at 6'4", 225, Devin Funches here or there. New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills, the Detroit Lions, or the Arizona Cardinals. Man, I think that Funches is gonna he's gonna follow Kelvin Benjamin around. As much as I would like to see the Bills sign Tyrell Williams, I think they're gonna sign Devin Funches. They're gonna get it in their head that man, we need a big, thick wide receiver, somebody that that can help out in multiple aspects of the passing game and they'll end up signing Funches. I don't know that uh, anybody should sign Funches to be perfectly honest. Um, I could see him fitting in out in Arizona. They need a big receiver. I'd really hope Chad Williams was going to step up last year. He had a a great opportunity despite the team being bad uh, and he just he just didn't take that step uh, which which was sad. I, I had many shares of Chad Williams stashed on the end of my bench waiting for him to pan out. Detroit, I think they're going to go run heavy. And so I don't know how, with Marvin Jones coming back, uh, I don't know how many targets they're going to actually have there. So maybe it makes sense to, to stay away from Detroit. My money is going to be on Funches going to the Bills. Uh, it just seems like a Bills move, man. I don't I don't mean that in a shot at all toward the Buffalo Bills. It just seems like the move that they would make is take him. I agree with you. I honestly don't even know if he should be signed. I've not seen anything out of Funches. I know he had the one great year. I just don't think he's that good of a wide receiver. His play was golden, but many players, many fantasy players, would often taint his name. Coming in at 5'10", 197, Golden Tate. 
here or there. The Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets, the New England Patriots, or the Tennessee Titans. I think Tate's at the point in his career, he's he's shown how good he is and can be. And he he's going to be able to kind of dictate a little bit. I think if he's patient, he might have an opportunity to really land in a good spot. I hesitate to say, oh, well, you know, everybody fits in New England. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think New England is the place to go. Uh, maybe maybe he does. They definitely need to improve their wide receivers. Dor- Dorsett and uh, Hogan really need an upgrade. Edelman's getting getting up there. Maybe, maybe he does go to New England. That, that, would be a, that would be a great move, I think, for them. But I just don't see that as being the case. The Jets would be a great spot, but I think they're all in on Quincy and Nunwa in the slot. He's a really, really solid slot player. Tennessee makes a lot of sense. I think if he can be convinced that they're gonna they're gonna be able to to win some games, uh, he might buy into that uh, you know former Patriot mystique that Mike Vrabel brings, and they need somebody in the slot. You know, you can put uh, Taewon Taylor outside with the speed. You got Corey Davis with the size. And then you can uh, bring bring Golden Tate into the slot when they go three wide. So Tate and Davis could be a really nice pairing there. Uh, maybe that helps Marcus Mariota take that next step finally. Uh, I'd like to see him go to Tennessee. Yeah, for me as much as I'd like to see him go to Tennessee, I think he's going to end up going to the New England Patriots. It just seems like a Patriots move to bring in someone like Golden Tate and have him just kind of command the slot. Again, We, I know you as a Detroit Lions fan probably know this, um, and it's an argument that I feel like so many fantasy players have all, every year is talking about how Golden Tate is just not that good because he, you know, it, it seems like every time you need him to come up big, he doesn't do it. He gets you like that six or seven points. But if you go back and look at it, he is consistently every year got you at least 90 catches, 1,100 yards, and like eight touchdowns, except for this past year where he got traded midseason. He has been a phenomenal wide receiver, and I feel like this is just a Patriots-type move right here where he ends up going there. They can move him, although he does thrive in the slot, which is obviously where Julian Edelman is at. Uh, He can play a little bit on the outside, but Josh McDaniel can find ways to scheme and get him the ball. I think he's going to end up in the New England Patriots. And our final contestant on the day. Business is usually booming, and for some reason he bleached his mustache. I don't know what that's all about. And one of the NFL's biggest divas coming in at 5'10", 181, Antonio Brown, though he is still employed. The New England, here or there, the New England Patriots, the Oakland Raiders, the Indianapolis Colts, the Arizona Cardinals, or the San Francisco 49ers. Those, any of those would be a decent fit for Brown, but Brown's not going anywhere. He can squawk all he wants about let me out. I want to trade. He can make it uncomfortable for Pittsburgh. But the fact of the matter is they showed last year with Le'Veon Bell that they don't blink. And so they're going to look at him and they're going to say, you know what? You're really good. You can come play for us or you can not play. And I think he's going to stay in Pittsburgh and he's going to play. He's going to come in and maybe before the trade deadline rolls around, maybe then they make a move. They feel like they've, uh, Express themselves appropriately to him, showing him that hey, you know, we still we still hold the cards here. Um, I think he's going to stay in Pittsburgh. He'd be a great weapon for a young Josh Rosen. 
that would be that would be something. Him and Kirk with Larry Fitz in the slot, that might make them really dangerous. David Johnson coming out of the backfield, I, that would be a pleasure to watch. But ultimately, I don't think he goes anywhere. So you hit the nail on the head for me. I think that's exactly where he's going in Arizona. I don't disagree with everything you're saying. The Steelers, uh, as much as I hate them, in all honesty, as a Browns fan, they have been a class organization. They've always handled things very well. I mean, I could see them easily doing exactly what you just said. Just, nope, you know what? Deal with it. We paid you. You're just going to do what we own. You're right. You're not going anywhere. One reason why I think that they will likely move him is because he's just caused too much drama. I think he has just been so much pain in their side and everything going on. And in all honest, acting like a petulant child the way he has the past couple months. I think the Steelers would just rather move on from him. They have, in my opinion, uh, a face of the franchise wide receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster, who seems perfectly thrilled to be there. He's very good in the community, awesome on social media. He's, he's in all honesty, probably one of the most popular players in the NFL. I think they would rather just focus on him. I think James Washington is a guy who could easily step up and be a good wide receiver too. So I think that they will move him. It's just going to be a question of what they can get back for him. I don't think they can get a, a number one for him, but I do think they can get something like a number two maybe a number one in the future or a couple second round picks. Again, the the Arizona Cardinals are the number one pick in the draft. So they could easily give up a couple picks this year that are going to be high-end second, third round picks. And maybe they give up a a defensive player, uh, a linebacker, or free safety, or cornerback, something that the the Pittsburgh Steelers need that they can plug in right away because they don't need another wide receiver. Uh, Just a defensive player that they could use, maybe a defensive lineman, although they are kind of short on that as well in Arizona. But I think they can give up enough that they'll tempt the Pittsburgh Steelers and they'll do it. And the one thing I'll say, too, is if he goes to Arizona or if he does end up leaving, any team could cut him next year and they don't owe him anything. I don't think that'll actually happen. Um, There obviously is a lot of talk as well on Brown's side that wherever he goes, he's going to want to rework his deal. Uh, But I think Arizona could be a great fit, as you were just talking about with the weapons they have around him. It'll be a great move for Josh Rosen. And it just seems like from everything that uh, Arizona has been doing here lately and talking about that, I don't think they want this to be a three- or four-year rebuild. I think this is something with the players that they have on defense and offense that they want to win as early as next year. And so I could see them being a little bit more aggressive than usual and going out and trying to get a guy like Antonio. All right, guys, that's going to do it for Free Agent Frenzy. Hopefully my uh, my little game show voice there didn't uh, – you guys didn't stab both your eardrums and now you're driving around and you can't hear shit. I hope uh, hope it was at least, uh, you know, you guys could suffer through it at least a little bit there. I was trying my best to just have a little bit of fun with it because most of the time me and Dennis are just uh, – make a few jokes here and there, but mostly we're giving you guys the best advice we can. I want to have a little bit of fun with a, with a little bit of a lighthearted topic. Um, that is going to do it for us today. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Before we sign off, Dennis, tell everybody where they can find you and uh, where all your writings and everything are that they can go look you get, look you up. So I'm all over Twitter. You can find me at culture underscore coach. Uh, if you have questions, feel free to DM me. I love to take questions and help you with your fantasy drafts, your rookie preparation, all of your dynasty needs. Uh, you can read my work over at dynastynerds.com. Don't forget, uh, when you listen to this pod, Subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate the help. 
Agree 100% on that. And again, you guys uh, definitely hit him up on Twitter. He is uh, one of the most active members in the community. You guys, any just ask anybody. You, you see everybody out there propping him up, and he props everybody up. We, we all appreciate you for that. Dennis, again, thank you so much for jumping on with me. Uh, we will be back on Monday. We will jump back into the NFC, or NFC breakdowns, into the divisional breakdowns, and we will get back into doing the NFC East like we were supposed to do today. So again, Dennis, hope you have a good weekend. Um, don't know if you're going to enjoy watching some AAF football. I don't know. I might turn on a game or two to see what it's like. I didn't get a chance to watch the games much last weekend. Uh, but I hope you have yourself. I'm going to try, man. I'm going to try. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, I, I I tried watching a couple of them. And not that they were bad. I, I, from everything I've heard, they were actually really good games. I was just so busy this past weekend, I really didn't get a chance to watch any of the games. So I plan on at least trying to turn one of them on this weekend and watching them and, and see what it's like. But uh, I do hope that you have uh, a really good weekend. I look forward to talking to you on Monday about the NFC East. Right on. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on ready. Do you got your pop on ready? I came out the room, I was like,